Friends, if you will, join me in heart and mind and spirit as we pray. God of light, we are grateful that you are the God who does not let the darkness prevail. You are the God who time and time again shows up into the places of our lives that we have already given up on, into the places in our world that no one wants to address, into the absolute darkest places. And just by light after light, you dispel the darkness. Lord, we pray that in this time, on this night, we might realize again our calling to be those pinpricks of light in the darkness, to journey with you into the places where no one wants to go or no one wants to be, and to dispel the darkness with good news that comes first in this baby and then in the man and then in the resurrection to continue on through the work of the Holy Spirit in us now. Lord, all we have is all that we are, and we offer it all to you. May we in turn be transformed by your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So our scripture passage for this evening is a familiar one. It's a passage that feels clean and warm and comforting. It describes a scene that is depicted serenely on Christmas cards and gift boxes. In this passage for today, there is no tension between Mary and Joseph. There is a quiet birth, and there are glittering angels and exuberant shepherds. There are sheep in the fields, a feeding trough for gentle farm animals, and a clear and vast night perfect with stars. But there's another version of this story that is not so clean and sanitized. And if it's a familiar story, it's not a very comforting one. In the other story, Mary is an unwed teen mother. Worse, she is a woman who is pregnant with a child and engaged to a man who is not the father of her child. In another version of the story, Joseph is looking to be divorced before he even has a wife to divorce from. And then we have this unborn child, a mystery to his mother Mary, a source of doubt for his father Joseph, an unanticipated, insignificant birth that's mundane in the eyes of the rest of the world. In all of this disarray, in all of these wounded feelings, in all of this confusion in the lives of these few individuals, in all of it is unrecognized by the society around them. All of this surrounding the arrival of God's presence on earth. In fact, all of this mess in their lives is caused by the arrival of God's presence on earth. In the rendition of the story that church people often tell, we often hear about how Joseph's decision to stay with Mary in this uh, uncertain moment, how his decision to stay with Mary was gracious. And we point to that grace as an echo of God's love to the world, of God's love to Mary, of God's love for us. But 
We don't often think about how Joseph's gracious choice made him look like a fool. We don't talk about how no one in first century Palestine was looking at Joseph and thinking about what a righteous and holy and gracious man he was. They weren't thinking not so much as they were thinking that he had been cuckolded into fathering a child that was not his own. The truth is that following God's call to love doesn't always set us up to look respectable and dignified in the eyes of the world. The church also often points to God's love for Mary and miraculously giving her a child. And it is miraculous. And it is wonderful. But no one in Palestine was looking at Mary and thinking that her pregnancy was miraculous. They knew how babies were made. They weren't wondering about the wonderful things that her child would do to change the world so much as they were gossiping about her baby's illegitimacy and judgmentally questioning her character. And we know this because they're human. The reality is that following God's call doesn't often set us up to be looking respectable and dignified. And the truth is that nearly no one in first century Palestine was much paying attention to Joseph and Mary and the scandal surrounding them at all. And yet, it is through this story of a fool, of a scandalous woman, and of an illegitimate child that God chose to exemplify his love to the world and his love for us. It says something that God is so completely unconcerned with circumstances and reputation that he chose to reveal himself to the world and to us, not through earthquakes and thunder while riding flaming stallions in the sky, but through the tiny screams of a newborn baby, vulnerable against the cold and so tightly swaddled and laid into the feeding trough by a teenage girl and her not yet husband. And it says something, that the arrival of God into the lives of Mary and Joseph and into the world is so deeply disruptive and disorientating to the lives of the people who were the most faithful, who were the most obedient. The arrival of God into the lives of Mary and Joseph caused them confusion caused others confusion and pitted one woman's word against the assumptions of the world and drove the powerful King Herod mad to the point that he instigated a genocide against toddlers. It says something that the arrival of God's good news into the world was recorded as more joyous for the shepherds than it was for the parents was recorded as being more miraculous to strangers than it was for the ones to whom God had spoken to directly. It says something that God was so completely unconcerned with how humanity would perceive the arrival of Christ. It says something about what matters to God and it says something about what God thinks should matter to us today. Which brings us all to the point What does Christmas teach us about what truly matters to God? 
Friends, were it not for God's love and the story of this birth of Christ, then Christmas really is just a story of a fool and a scandalous woman and an illegitimate child. It is God's love that transforms this story from a story of embarrassment into a story of hope that has sustained 2,000 years of humanity. It is God's lack of concern for comfort and image and appearances that transforms this story from a story of crippling disruption into a story of what true freedom can be, into a story about new life and new life to the full. So if there's only one thing that we can remember about this Christmas story, there's only one moment that you can bear yourself to listen. It's this one. God's love transforms everything. God's love transforms every circumstance and God's love transforms every circumstance in every human thoroughly and completely. No exceptions. And that is the good news of Christmas, my friends. That is what matters. Because if God's love can transform this insignificant and yet scandalous story of the child being born into a barn, if he can transform that story into one of the most retold, one of the most celebrated, one of the most shocking stories of the last 2,000 years, if God can transform that, then that means that God's love can transform our life stories too. That means that God's love can transform our most regretted decisions, our most shameful actions, our most cowardly reactions into something meaningful. That means that God's love can change our most devastating life circumstances, our most disorientating of life's disruptions into something that is purposeful. That means that God's love can and will change the people who feel as though they exist in secret, who feel as though they don't appear to be of any significance to anyone. Friends, if God's love can transform everything about this Christmas story, then that means that God can transform everything about us next. The carol that we sang at the top of the service goes like this. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul Felt its worth. God's love came down, my friends, so that we would not be left in the grip of our own devastating creation, so that we wouldn't be left at the mercy of our own broken logic, left in the squalor of our shabbily constructed kingdoms, left with the whispering lies that assure us that we are imposters and it's only a matter of time until someone discovers how little we have to offer them or the world. God's love came down so that our lonely souls 
could finally feel their true worth in our true identities as children of God, as friends of a Savior, as light and life to all that we bring. God's love, that first Christmas day, disrupted all that was acceptable in the world. God's love bucked the unquestioned and the accepted status quo. God's love did all of that so that God's love could come to earth for you and for me and for all of those whom we love and for all of those whom nobody loves. That is the good news, my friends. That is what broke into this world that first Christmas day. It was true 2,000 years ago. It is true in this moment. May we be the people who take it forward as all that matters. Please pray with me. God, it is sometimes nearly impossible for us to hold on to the belief and the knowledge and the truth that we are loved by you. So much in the world and so many in the world tell us that we are not worth it, that we have no use, or that the second that we show that we are not perfect or that we are no longer useful, that they will put us to pasture and send us away. You show us our true worth, God, that we were worth disrupting all that we accept as natural and true so that we could be in your arms, so that we could hear your voice, so that we could experience your freedom, so that we can go as light in the darkness. Thank you. May we in turn be people who live in that gratitude. Amen. Wait just for a minute.
have watched and we have waited in hope. We have waited for peace. We have waited in joy. We have waited with love. Now our redemption draws near. Hear the word of the Lord from Isaiah 9, 2-7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. For the yoke of their burden and bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken. For a child has been born to us, a son is given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness, from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Glory to God in the highest. All hallelujah. Amen. Stand up. Stand up. With a joyful shout, the Lord is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the one who waits. You fixed your sight on your servant's plight, and my weakness you did not spurn. So to west shall my name be blessed, could the world be about to turn. My Small, my God, my all, you work great things in me. And mostly is lost through the depths of the past to the end of the age to be. Your very name puts the proud to shame, and those who would you, you yearn. You will show your might, put the strong to flight, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. Wars of power to the fortress town, not a stone will be left on stone. Let the king beware, for your justice tears every tyrant from his throne. The hungry poor shall weep no more, for the food they can never earn. These are tables spread, every mouth be fed, for the world is about to turn. Nations rage from age to age, we remember who holds us fast. God's mercy must deliver us from the conqueror's crushing grasp. The saving word that our forebears heard. 
holds us bound till the spear and rod be crushed by God who is turning the world around. My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all the tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn. Whatever tears in the dawn draws near, the world is about to Hey. 
One of the things that's extraordinary about the gift of love that we are given starting on Christmas Day is that it is a gift. We didn't have to do anything to earn it. It's not reliant upon our ability to make good choices or to know everything without doubt. 